Hey, welcome to the C-Team, the podcast where we talk about a different topic each week. I'm Chandler. I'm Jack. And I'm Kenny. And this week's topic is Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, I will be very honest with both of you. I think both of you have a lot more experience with Dungeons and Dragons than I do. I first started playing... I well in like uh what was it April or Mar- May or March of this year and it was actually with you guys so I actually don't think you have a ton more or sorry I don't think I have a ton more experience than you like I've played a handful of times but the the campaigns that I've been involved in I think yeah Chandler's been in all of them they never go very far um yeah. we never we never get very far at all It's funny cuz you you said that we're more experienced than you, but now it just feels weird to hear because I feel like I have no experience with it still, even after right. having done campaigns on and off for like five years. Yeah, I think Chandler, like not necessarily specifically D&D because we like when we started, we started with Pathfinder, which is a different uh, tabletop role playing game. But I feel like right. you have like technically the most experience most of my experience is listening to other people play dungeons and dragons on podcasts though <laughs> uh which is still you know I'm, I'm still familiarizing myself with the game and everything at that point but it's certainly not the same you, you actually reminded me i did i did do some in college as well so i suppose i've really been doing it for like five years yeah i i think we started we did like pathfinder when we were in college uh but like i we I don't think I've ever gone for more than a few months in one campaign. So, I, I mean, I guess that's like, that's still quite a while, but I hear people talk sometimes about having campaigns that last for years. Yeah, I've heard of, group of groups of friends just uh, maintaining their characters in their campaign for like, yeah, just, just like their entire childhood. They're like, we had a campaign and like that was that was what we did. It's just really difficult, I think, as because we're we're all like a little bit older, um, right? So from for us, I think like the getting you know coordinated on timing and then making sure it's consistent, um, that's just really difficult for us, right? Yeah, the like the different campaigns have ended for like, for various reasons uh, over the years, but it's it's really it's just unfortunate that that's how it's kind of played out. But like obviously, I get it. Like you say, like we're adults, we have. Well, some of us have stuff going on. I don't have anything going on, but, you know, <laughs> that's just life. I mean, I will say, though, um, it's true that it's hard to find time when everyone's available. But I know from having played with a lot of different people, I, I hate to kind of say this, but kind of like if you want to be there, you'll be there, you know, like you might yeah. miss an odd week, but you're not going to be like, oh, I just the I just can't make any of these times work. Because, like, it's a rare person who has no time. It's typically just right. you'd rather be doing something else, which is like, well, you know. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, D&D is typically uh, done in sessions, uh, which are anywhere from, like, an hour to, like, four hours. And because uh, the person who runs the game has to spend a lot of time preparing, you can typically only do, like, one or two of those a week. So it's it's kind of like a meeting thing that happens regularly. And for anyone who doesn't know, it's you one person is the the dungeon master and they are like kind of setting the scene, setting the world, and then everyone else is pretending to be fantasy characters and you roll dice to do things. Uh in the barest explanation I can give, that's it. Uh 
yeah, yeah. it kind of it's it like kind of narrator uh, kind of right yeah the, the, the dungeon master is kind of like the narrator yeah um they just establish all the rules right and they like take care of any characters that are not the people playing anyone yeah. anyone else you come across they that's played by the by the dm i've heard that uh history wise they're they're for a long time since i think the 1800s there were war games where people would pretend to be the generals for armies and they would like you know have little skirmishes um and then at some point someone was like hey what if we each only controlled one person what if we were magic and yeah what if they were magic it's it's like uh more advanced i wouldn't actually i don't think more advanced is the right word it's a very different variant of chess chess that's very i mean chess is a war game that's how it started Uh, right Oh, oh, um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think chess. I heard once that chess had a piece that was like an elephant. Like, I don't know if that's true. I mean, in uh, Chinese chess, so China has its own variant of chess, but specifically in Chinese chess, there is a unit called the elephant. Uh, I I kind of see what you mean, Jack, because a lot of a lot of people play D anD D with a with an actual game board, uh, where you're player you have like a token of some sort that is positioned on the board and and you can see everything going on i when we've played we do that sometimes with online boards even when we've played in person um we'll have like a website that does it but i've also just done it without um and you just kind of have to imagine everything it's like theater of the mind uh so you don't need a board necessarily uh i i think some people think of like some people who don't know it as well think it's like an actual board game and it's yeah. not like it's not a board game you know you, you, you know it's funny i i don't have a source in this but i almost think traditionally it probably maybe was a board game since mm-hmm. it can it sort of came from uh like war games where you it was all about the position of your stuff on a field so i feel right. like it i feel like I, I should really get a source on this but i feel like it probably did start out like heavily board based and and only now are we realizing you can kind of skip the board if you really want to i've also seen some like really cool and intricate boards so like there's i think two directions that a lot of people go so they go either full digital or full-on analog so i've seen some people build like very intricate maps 3d print like floors and then like build like walls and stuff so like they're actual like in a castle or for for example there are actual floors where you can move your miniatures around the floors like the you know the first story and the second story which is and you know like a lot of these people who actually do that will put in a lot of work paint it and stuff like that which is i think is really cool that sounds yeah. like so much work it's like warhammer 4k yeah the uh, the the war games it makes sense cuz when you make those sort of structures and whatnot you can you can reuse them right uh, whereas in D&D obviously or maybe not, obviously, to people listening. Uh, you typically do new things and encounter new scenarios, and so you'd always make a new one. Like I remember, I was DMing a game, and I made a, I made like a scale model of like this area with all these shipping containers because it was in like a future setting, and that took me like ten hours easy, and. It only was for one session. At the end, I was like, I'm never doing this again. This is so much work for one single session. It was really cool, but 
yeah, it looked like it was a lot of work. <laughs> I feel like that would be like a one shot kind of uh, like yeah. thing, right? Like on a one shot yeah, because one you know shot. you really only have maybe a very a very small handful of settings. I mean, it not you don't have to, but like typically you would have a very small handful of settings. So it some people will invest more time into building that up rather than. Um, you know, like someone who is running a full-on campaign where there's like just a ton of different settings throughout the game, and like it's just impossible to sink that much time into every map. Yeah, and one of the things about one of the things that's tough with with DMing is, you know, you try to build a story and you try to prepare for a story, and then the players are just like, "Hey, I want to go do something else," and yeah. like you can't say no. So it's a really it's a it's a, a rock and hard place because if you want to use maps they have to be prepared but if you want players to have freedom they might not go to the maps you prepared so at a certain point it it almost kind of makes sense to not use maps because then players can truly just go and do whatever right yeah like you have maps for combat right cuz like distance well, is actually sometimes. a huge variable for combat Sometimes they don't. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. they don't have to, but like I think it's easier to to do combat, I guess, with a map. Like I get maybe it's because I'm more visual. Well, so so I've I only have run one game. I I DM'd once. Um, I didn't love it. I found it to be pretty stressful to prepare and everything. But I didn't use really any maps. I think I did like once or twice for combat. But I, for the most part, it was it was all just imagination and even for combat it would you know be like oh am i close enough to this person it's like i just kind of gauge it like oh where were people like you were you started across the room you didn't say you moved toward them no or like oh they were 30 feet away from you and they haven't moved you can definitely get up to them like it's just it's just kind of it's it's less it's it's less uh concrete and you're just kind of guesstimating sometimes i guess but I don't know. I it it worked well enough. I just found it to be stressful to to plan every week and uh yeah. I I, I don't know if I'll do it again, but it, it it was it was a good time. It was just it was it was very stressful. Yeah, d- uh, DMing is uh DMing is kind of ridiculous. It, it's it, one of the unfortunate things about D&D is you can't be like, "Hey, let's go play some D&D." Cuz like uh, unless you're with someone who is very good at improving and really knows the rules, they need a lot of time to put something right. together. And you know, another thing about uh, playing on a board versus playing uh, without any sort of board or map is, uh, I know that it's become popular. I think within, I want to say within the last five years, uh, D and watching other people play D and D has become popular. Uh, yeah yeah and and it's sort of been an explosion of that and at least the ones that i've seen uh being harman quest and nadpod they they don't use a board i don't think because it's just it's not good it's not good media for for the viewer to have to to see the board and think about their board so they just skip a board altogether so i think that's what i think that's what uh pushes people to maybe not want to use a board is because they the people that they they hear and see playing it don't use a board um but i'll say in my opinion i think it's better with a board i like it with a board 
And I've already said there's problems with having to prepare the boards and what you can limit, but I think having a board uh, makes the the mechanics of the game a little more uh, nitty gritty. There's a little more you can do because there's uh, things about moving around someone and, and what's in the way, and it's a little more. You have more options, I think, without having to ask for more options. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with you to an extent. I think, I mean, my primary exposure to D and D is also NADPOD, uh, not another D&D podcast, which is an audio-only podcast. I think that's kind of the kicker. I think because a few of the people on NADPOD also do another another D&D campaign or another series called uh, Dimension 20, and it's video, and they do yeah. use a board. Yeah, so, I, w- I was thinking of that too. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's... Because I know NADPOD doesn't. They've, they've talked about it, and I think it's really just because it's audio only. Like... The, the, if the viewer can see it, I think it might be helpful and, and entertaining. But when they can't, it's like, why? Like, that's not ultimately they're making yeah. a show. So if it were helpful to them for making the show, OK, but it doesn't sound like it is. So they just kind of forego that and, and do theater of the mind, which is, I think, what ended up being the main reason, uh, in addition to not being able to figure out uh, the website Roll20, that led to me just saying, I'm not doing boards in mine. We'll just yeah. we'll just say whatever um, and 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 on the subject of dimension 20 i've only ever seen like a few screenshots from it but the boards they use look very detailed right yes they, yeah. they put a lot into it yeah i don't know how that show works but I, I feel like it might have a a crew for for perhaps assembling the boards or whatnot um i would guess yeah that's that seems likely right in which case that's definitely something where it's like they they can they can definitely make it make it work because they can make it work visually because the boards are interesting enough to to catch the eye of someone who's not playing but in order right. to make those boards interesting enough you need you know it has to be a show where there's people who just spend time making the board yeah that makes sense and this is of course all on the assumption that they have a cast making the board <laughs> maybe they don't maybe they're just exceptionally talented and hard-working people yeah, uh, a lot of know. speculation here. We don't really know much. C team is all speculation. <laughs> we don't we, know. We should anything. put a disclaimer on everything. Where like on every episode where uh, we say like nothing we say is actually uh, can be considered fact. Should be considered factual. I feel like people know that though. <laughs> I, I gotta know. know that. Some people are kind of gullible. So like I, I don't know. Most of the people who listen to this know us. In fact, I'd That's say true. all the people who listen to this know us. So they know. <laughs> No, my coworkers don't know you. Oh, well, but they know you. Sure, but they think I'm a credible person. Why would they ever think that? Well, I guess this. Do they really know you? I think work me and and like outside of work me are two very different people. I don't think they know the real you. I mean, you should you should merge your two worlds. You should start playing D and D on your lunch breaks with your coworkers. You think we get lunch breaks? Oh wow! Yes, I did. I did think you get lunch breaks. Do you? I still do. <laughs> so like we just like if we're hungry we go buy food and we just eat it at the desk while like you know if we're busy we just work and eat at the same time otherwise you know we just uh oh i'm not gonna bother telling you that this is unhealthy because i think you know but i guess there we go so wait it's not did it anyway are you saying it's not that you it's not that you aren't allowed a lunch break it's that you have so much freedom you can just take it whenever you want it's not really a break. Like, if I'm busy, I'm going to just work through it. 
Like I'll eat, I'll go out and buy some food and then I'll just sit down and like eat, like take a bite, work, and then take another bite and then work. Like it's fine. Is your job one of the ones where like you don't, as long as you're getting your work done, you don't have to be there and no one's going to be upset that you're not there? No, the concept of FaceTime is very real at, at where I work. Gosh, I never liked that. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, uh, one of the many flaws of uh, the United States, I think, is our work culture. Uh, it, yeah. It's ridiculous. Like, you got to stop working to eat lunch. Like, that's that's ridiculous. Although, honestly, If you I'll don't have time, something's wrong. It almost seems like there's more countries that do it wrong than do it right. Uh, I don't know enough about other countries. A lot of, to uh, I've to been that. told a lot of Europe does it very differently. So, like, right. for instance, my team is, um, I would say, fairly European. So uh, nobody on my desk, I mean, obviously, like, we all kind of work pretty hard. Like, that's just kind of how my industry works. But, um, you know, my, like, some of my coworkers are American, and they're like, yeah, I just take the bare minimum number of vacation days I can, or I, because, you know, they want to they wanna work hard. Meanwhile, like, my boss this year, who's actually a great person, I'm really friendly with him, he's like, yeah, like, uh, so he's like, how many vacation days are you going to roll over and how many are going to expire here pointlessly? And I was like, oh, you know, a couple. He's like, okay, well, like, just take all those days off at the end of the year, like, so that they don't expire and, like, whatever you want to roll over, just roll it over. And I was like, oh, okay, like, mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was really nice. And, like, that's the, that's a very European thing, uh, is what I was told is, like, uh, you know, if we have vacation days, like, we're completely at liberty without any judgment to use all of them. I you absolutely should be <laughs> right, should but like be, yeah. a lot of like my co American coworkers in particular are like, no, I really don't want to take them. I think it'll reflect that's poorly disgusting. on me. That's disgusting. I that's hate weird. it. I hate it. When I worked as a contractor, I was paid hourly, um, which was nice because I could take breaks just sort of whenever I wanted. I didn't have to think like, oh, how many vacation days do I have? It's just like, I don't want to work this week, and I just won't get paid this week. And that was really nice, because I remember when I worked a job before that, they had all these, like, rules about how many vacation days you get, how do they roll over, and this and that. And it's like, I don't want to think about this. Like, it's not vacation if I'm, like, I don't know, like, charting it out on an abacus. It's just, it's weird. (laughs) Well, and it's not, like I, I don't know a lot about other countries, but I've heard similar things that a lot of European countries are uh, a lot like you're you're working to make money, but it's not your life. And like, yeah, yeah, they get a decent amount of vacation time and absolutely it's expected to use your vacation time. The idea that it's like, oh, I don't want to use my vacation time because it'll look bad if I if I take time for myself, if I'm not working the entire year, like that's absolutely crazy. You should like if you have vacation time, you should be using it. It's insane to me yeah. the way some people view work, especially in this country. I just, it's, it, it like almost genuinely makes me sick. It's, and I, I, I will it. say like the, uh, alignments of interests are very different in the U S than in my, for then versus like a lot of my European counterparts. So in London specifically, um, a lot of people will have, like if they don't use all of their vacation days, like there's no concept of rollover, but they'll get paid for every single vacation day they didn't use. Yeah, I mean, but we don't have like I don't have that. If I don't use them and I don't roll them over, they just expire, yeah. which is kind of dumb. 
that's it's extremely dumb. Whenever there's rules like that, it's just like it's just like someone's trying to trick me into them making more money off me. Absolutely. It's like every yes. single it's like this is it's just so like do you think I don't notice? Like I guess they just don't care if I, I notice. No, I I think that they do think you don't notice and I think a lot of people don't notice. Otherwise I don't yeah. the system wouldn't really work if if everyone noticed, I feel like. Well, I mean, that's one. It's like, wouldn't this? Wouldn't they still get what they want out of the system if, if no one? Well, possibly if no one does anything about it, and and what am I going to do about it? You know, because like doing something about it, at least to me, is like a union. Like that's the only way you can do anything about anything, uh, right? In the workplace. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess you're right, but I feel like there are people who are uh against unions despite unions working for their best interests and they don't they must not realize because otherwise they would be the how the union functions because there are instances where like the union just goes too far right it's just like if you don't want to join our union you can't do this industry like that's also been an issue and i like i agree i think unions are great for a lot of things i think in particular like it does give laborers a lot of power like a lot more power back. I should say it doesn't give them power. It gives them power back. But right. I think like oftentimes unions will go too far with how they treat the people in that industry who don't join the union. Um, and I think that's an issue. Yeah, I've heard I've heard some bad things about unions. Um, I, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like the you like you you don't you don't need a union but like you need like the threat of a union existing you know cuz it's like cuz if you if you really have no way to 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 be like I'm not going to work this job then then you can't change anything you know i mean i don't know it's a, it's one of those really difficult topics that's like it's one of the things that i'm interested in but i haven't studied it right that's me with just about everything. <laughs> Anyways, back to D and D. You know, I talked about like the really intricate, like you know, real life three D models that people build. But on the other end of the spectrum, I've seen people go very far with like these digital maps. So one of the really cool things I've seen was like people who would buy like an old table and then they would like do a cutout and then put a TV in. And then oh, wow. the map That's really cool. The map would be like displayed on the TV and it would be like it would have I mean we use um a an app called Roll20. Roll20, you're welcome for some free uh advertising. And That's two mentions now. Exactly. It's, <laughs> We're it's free. We're keeping track. You're welcome. We got a list of every company we mentioned. How many times <laughs> There's a bill uh, that's going to be mailed. But you. it's uh you know I think it's I think that's a really cool concept as well because like you know, for the people who do want to be there physically, like next to each other, but also want the flexibility of a virtual map, that gives them that because you can put literal like figures or, you know, like characters, cards, or, you know, even coins to represent your character, like wherever you want in that grid system with, you know, a lot of freedom. Yeah, I, there's a lot of really cool uh, ways to, to get a group of players together and, and map out what's happening. Um, I remember someone was saying analog versus digital where like do you do this stuff in person with dice or online with you know electronics um I prefer in person uh but with the world the way it currently is right. uh I, every I think every single person who does D&D or every single responsible mm. person who does D&D yeah not is, every person <laughs> 
is doing it using the the online tools, which is, um, I think a little a little impersonal. I'm not really a big fan uh, of it as much as in person. Like when we play now, it's it's everyone's you know on a Skype call uh, on one screen, and then on another screen you have the map, and on another screen you have uh, like stats. Um, yeah, for for those of us who are fortunate enough to have three screens, <laughs> Chandler. <laughs> yeah, I actually I had two screens for a long time, but uh, DMing a game specifically made me buy a third screen, so now I can have Roll Twenty, D and D Beyond, and the players on the other one. And I when I sit at this setup where I'm sitting right now, I really feel just jacked in. Like most of my vision is screen. Well, and and you think that's impersonal. I, for most of the time we've been doing this, have had one screen with everything on it where I have to like <laughs> tab between my character sheet and roll 20. But and you then have a I very have a, big screen. Still, like I can't, the the way, so I, so what I've, what I've been doing for most of the time we've been playing is my computer is hooked up to a television. So it's large, but it still functions as one window. So when I put something on half the screen, it will like auto lock something else to half the screen and it. If I try to do, if I try to set it up so that it's like three or four screens in one, it doesn't really work well. It like gets, trying to line up the windows is difficult and it's a whole thing. So So what I do is do half and half and then I have to like tab between stuff on one half. There are windows managers that will let you do quarters and stuff like that. Once again, a lot of things I'm interested in, haven't looked into it all. This so. is not great content, so let's move on past describing Windows managers. I mean, what if uh, we ever had great content, actually, right? What, yeah, we never had. So I guess I'll say one more thing. Could you maybe get D&D Beyond on like your iPad or something? Uh, D&D Beyond on my iPad uh, does not seem to function particularly well. Oh. Um, the app like literally won't let me see what I need to see, and the website doesn't do a few things that I needed to do. So I've tried. It's like... It's a mess. It's yeah. all a mess. You know what? I'm uh, leading off that. I'm going to use this opportunity to bash D and D Beyond a little bit. What the heck, <laughs> Wizards? D and D Beyond. This still counts as a mention, so we will be billing you. It uh, like it's that website is so annoying. I. <sighs> it's really good for making characters and just about nothing else. Y- yes, totally. I remember I purchased some of the content on there. Some of the, like the rule books digitally. I might just be stupid, so take this with a grain of salt, but I, I seriously could not find how to access the books. Like, it took, uh, I was sitting there on a call with someone on a Skype call while I was trying to find the books. It took me like half an hour to work out just how to read the book which I purchased because it just seems like the entire site is built around <laughs> advertising and purchasing the books and none of it is built around using the dang books. So just like, gosh but well, I, I think the one thing they also do pretty well is uh character creation and management right, right that was what kenny it. was saying that's uh, literally it. Yeah, character like, that's creation all is, i would really be using it for homebrew is is a little confusing though i tried to create a race and i could not figure out how to wow, do it playing god over here yeah yeah i mean hey that's that's the dm life is uh god complex i guess I mean, it's even like, like uh, when I have it. So this is one of the problems that I face with with having to 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 stick on the the topic of uh, my monitor setup. Uh, when I have D and D Beyond set to one half of my screen, despite the fact that it's 
plenty large enough to have the full page open. It'll only have a certain section of the page open. So I can't have my full character sheet. I have to have like abilities open or proficiencies open. And that's why like when we're playing online and someone's like, Hey, roll this. I have to like, I'm like, uh, okay, hold on. I have to get to the right section of my character sheet. So it's a, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess to only have one screen, no matter how big it is. And you just get your character sheet. I don't have a printer. It's 2020 dude or 2021. <laughs> I mean, it's 2021. I have a printer. It's 2021. Sorry, I'm a boomer. No, we have a printer in my house, but I'm not the one who uses it the most. It's so, it, it, it is so weird how technology sort of, like, I feel like we were in a, a, a generation that, that, that used a lot of technology that maybe won't be seen anymore, which I'm just now realizing is every single generation. Yes, but of course. For us, for us, I feel like something that's sort of gone to, to the wayside is, um, like even just USB drives, I thought those were going to be around forever. But the other day I was trying to help, funny enough, Kenny do something. And I was like, hey, do you have a USB drive? And he didn't. And it was no. like, it's just crazy because back in high school. We don't need least, them. We got the cloud. Like ten, uh, seven to ten years ago, for me at least, uh, everyone had a USB stick. USB sticks were everywhere. Like you, if you wow. didn't have one, you could just turn to the person next to you in school and be like, "Hey, can I borrow your USB stick? Because you for sure have one." We but were also days, in like, high school, so we were using them for for all our projects and everything. We were saving them to them and stuff. I mean, I guess, but like in college, people started using them kind of less, and then now, some well, like people just it, don't we, have. We one. had our personal computer, so to, like if we were to work on a project at school, we would be using our personal computer usually. I I feel like I feel like these things are sort of disappearing. I don't know for sure. But. Well, you want to know something really crazy? It's that a lot of kids growing up today won't actually know what the save button is actually supposed to be. Uh, I feel like they probably will know. They I can I, just Google it. I've heard of people. Why would anyone bother to learn something new? Because why would <laughs> you not? You can literally just Google it. Yeah, but people. Uh, Believe it or not, that's that hasn't stopped people from asking me questions that they could easily Google themselves. Well, sure. Well, I mean, that's that's why you know there's a there are entire professions that are built around the fact that people will ask someone a question rather than Googling it. So I guess what I'm saying doesn't make sense. By the way, specifically, what we're talking about is how the save button looks like a floppy disk, and uh, some people don't know what a floppy disk is. Um, I. I would be surprised if any of our listeners didn't know that, but okay, yeah, that's that's fair. To yeah, explain. yeah, I just, I just in case for when, like, oh. for when someone uh, a thousand years from now finds a digital file, a, a USB stick that just has an episode of this podcast <laughs> on it, <laughs> throw that stick away, burn it. Uh, well, I just, I just didn't know it. Like, not every save button is a floppy disk. Sometimes it's that's no true. Picture. Sometimes they just have like a down arrow for like, or no, that's download, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we might be the last generation to have used floppy disks because I, I never. Well, maybe I used one or in, two in elementary school. They we had a computer course and they had floppy disks. And after elementary school, I never had to use a floppy disk again. Yeah, I remember I that too. Um, in elementary school, fifth grade in particular, so that would have been two thousand six. We had a project uh, that was like making a PowerPoint. And it, the the teacher gave us like the powerpoints to us for us to keep, uh, but he gave it to us all on floppy disks. I don't think I've ever touched a floppy disk. I've touched them, but I don't think I've ever used one. They're fun. They've got this little spring loaded door, and you can flip it, and then you can see the disk inside. And it's like, wow, you're just in there spinning around. Sure, 
I thought it was fun. I don't know. I guess it was also fun to pl- play with the the top metal part because it, it that's also spring loaded, so it like it ha- it's got the, a satisfying flick to it. That is exactly the piece I was talking. Oh, about. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about like the putting the floppy disk in and it, like bounces out. No, no, that is fun too. Though the fact that they were flat was actually pretty fun. I did like that. I mean, so are DVDs. Well, yeah, but but the floppy disk is like you know you can't damage it by scratching the outside whereas the dvd is just like a little fragile yeah that's thing. true yeah like you could scratch it very easily i'm pretty sure you yeah. could like throw a floppy disk across the room and still have it be like if you throw it gently it'll be fine yeah that's how the programmers don't get up from their seats they just toss floppies that's that's why the there are so many uh, programmers that play ultimate frisbee it's because uh yeah they practice by throwing floppy disks in fact you can just put a, a cork board on the wall and sharpen the edges of your floppies and you can just go by and fling it into the into the cork board that's some real uh you know ninja moves right there yeah (sighs) i miss floppies yeah i i also remember um when having those uh external hard drives was uh was a huge thing uh well when chandler asked me if i had a usb drive i was like no i don't and then he asked if i had what did you ask if I had after that? Uh, actually, oh, was, an SD card. Yeah, yeah. And Those then I said are no. still very popular because photographers use them. Well, sure, but I'm not yeah. a photographer. I have an iPhone. One of one of the most, speaking of SD cards, one of the most frustrating, I don't know what you would call it, but one of those things where where it's a problem and there's like no way to fix it is how phones don't have like SD card slots anymore. Right. Well, is, they have like micro a lot of the, SD a lot now. of the Android ones will still. Really? I think they'll have micro SD card slots. I didn't know they still did that. I, just, I think maybe I was just thinking of the Samsung line, which I don't. The Galaxies, I don't believe they did that after five. Um, no, they just, they skipped it on six and they put it back on seven. Oh, nice. The iPhone still has the micro SD, right? <laughs> the does next the iPhone supposed to have no ports. Does the Wait, iPhone? No. Have what is SD? what is? The iPhone am, am I, has am, no am ports. I completely, it's am I lightning completely... only. No, yeah, no, I know, but what's the little, what's the little chip you can take out? The S, the, the, the SIM, SIM card? card. The SIM card. God, I can't believe I forgot what a SIM card was called. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what I was thinking. Of. All phones have SIM cards, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, not all phones will have SIM cards. We have uh, eSIM now. Do some have it built in? Oh, really? Yeah. So, like on one of my on this iPhone, I have it has. Uh, it used to have two numbers, so it had a physical SIM card for like the other number I have and then it used the eSIM which is like electronic and like built in. Huh. Okay, but so so just to just correct my confusion, do iPhones actually have SD card? No. Slots. They have no See, expandable I, I, storage. I didn't think that it which is one of the things that's just like it's so insane to me how like I get that Apple is trying to go with like no ports. They're trying to make it as much of a black box as possible, but it's just so stupid to me. That well, like, how much storage do you actually need on your phone? Well, I mean, don't they still charge like a the base large storage premium? On, the, on the the base storage on this iPhone I have is 128 gigs. Right, but then when you get it, they have like 28 gigs as like the phone software. So it's like you have 100 gigs, which is I don't think it takes up that much. It's, it's a lot. It's it's like close to just being 100. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I've. Let's see. Uh, my apps take up. My phone storage is constantly full. I've only used 36 gigs out of 128. Wow, two kinds of people, I guess. It's quite a bit on my phone. I, I 
I used to have 64, and I don't think I've ever used that up all the way. And 128, I sure, sure as hell am not. I know on my on my phone, I used up, I used up like 64 pretty quick. And I, I got the I had the Galaxy it? Six, which was the one without the SD card port, so I was screwed. But what do you, what do you like actually put that uses up all sixty four gigs? Mostly photos, lots and lots of photos. Some yeah, videos. I have photos on here from forever because like I don't have a good place to put them. I feel like I don't really, I don't have like cloud. I don't pay for cloud stuff. Like I I don't know. So and and I don't have. I thought that the iPhone used to break down your storage what it what was what but i don't see it on my phone now but i'm pretty sure out of the box it was like you have like 105 gigabytes available or something it's like i literally just opened this i don't have anything on this phone so because my, i just got the it. system the i can actually see my the system like memory usage is 7.26 gigs sorry storage usage okay i don't know maybe it's maybe it's better you have a newer phone than me but no i don't I think know. it's better i think it's if you're transferring data over from an older phone it takes up a bunch of other space I'm just telling you what I've seen, man. I don't know. I don't have evidence. I am frustrated frequently with phone stores. That's and yeah, it's, 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 it's weird good. because you can buy a pretty cheap micro SD card and it has like way more storage than a phone. But it's also and speed, right? I mean, yeah, but it's also my like, phone's also extremely slow. Right? So <laughs> that, that no, 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 like, like I don't need the speed, speed that your I phone runs up, but the speed of the storage. It's like, yeah, but like, I don't need speed of storage in a lot of cases. Like, I just need storage. But like, it's like, sy- I, the I system, know the OS actually needs probably like faster storage. I know it's fast enough. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where it's like memory was like a bit of a racket. It seems. Man, I mean, I, I've always been fine with the base storage on anything I use, except for maybe my MacBook Pro, which I do have a pretty big issue with. But I'm also going to get a desktop PC soon, so that's going to be less of an issue. I never had an issue with PC storage so much. Although I did buy a family member a laptop recently and I was surprised that like the only options were uh SSDs. They didn't have any any you know regular disk drive options and they were all kind of small like 128 gigabyte SSD it just seems a little small for a computer. Uh I think on the note that I do want to end on, and I think that when you guys were talking about uh, USB sticks, that re- it reminded me of. So now they have uh, external enclosures for SSDs that you can buy. Um, those are like kind of like obviously bigger than the old USB sticks, but those are kind of like USB sticks. Like they they resemble the size much more closely, which is just crazy to me that you can get like super fast storage with like two terabytes or a terabyte um that's like just so much better than like one of the old usb sticks it's kind of mind-blowing to me bring back floppy disks yeah floppies and I with put that a floppy we're actually gonna phone. wrap up this episode uh so uh thanks everyone for listening in you can find us on instagram and twitter as at c team show and you can email us at c team show at gmail.com let us know topics you want us to talk about alternatively Email us if you think that people should bring back floppy disks, particularly the ones with sharpened edges we can throw at a corkboard. If you've got if you've got uh, an idea that you want us to do, make a PowerPoint, put it on a floppy disk, drive by my house with and just like throw it into a tree near my house with a sharpened edge, and I'll find it. If it doesn't end up like 
stabbing the tree. That idea is just thrown yeah. out the window. Make it a bright color like orange because my eyes are probably not good enough to see like a black floppy. But anyways. And if you need Chandler's address to uh, go by his house and do this, it's. Thanks, Kitty. No problem. <laughs> see you all next week. Maybe see you at Chandler's house. You know, who knows? Maybe I will see you. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.